0: But to help their neighbors is when they have they find difficult with my accent. Then you tell your neighbor what has he said? <laughs> That's the only time in church we're allowed to help your neighbor <laughs> and after that, you don't do it again because it might bring problems to you. Good morning, everybody. I want to bring you greetings from Uganda. I want to bring you greetings from my wife, Rebecca, and our four children, Joyce. She's now first year high school. I'm I'm an aging man. (laughs) Then my son Joel is 10 years. He's in sixth grade. Uh, Jocelyn is eight years. She's in third grade. And we have a great man called Jotham at home. He's two years. So I miss them big. Also greetings from my pastor, Pastor Peter, the president and founder of our ministry and the senior pastor of our church, Gabba Community Church. And the entire church in Uganda, the team at Africano Ministries, the brothers and sisters in our church, they bring you greetings. It's an honor and privilege for me to be in your midst this morning to share with you what God is doing in Uganda. And probably the whole purpose why we are talking what we are talking about. Probably the reason why God brings us over to your country to share these kinds of stories, to encourage you as you encourage us to come along with us as we come along with you to minister to the heart. I thank God for that video, uh, which we've just seen as the choir ministered, the singers ministered. That video was shot in Soroti with our brother Jose Zayas when he came to be a response to a big need in Uganda. We have a diversified kind of community with diversified challenges and problems. But before I get on to that, let me share with you a bit of my life. Probably you'll get to understand why it's important for us to respond to the needs of the children. I'm afraid such was pastor said. I'm now 42 years old. I don't look like that. I keep try to keep young because there's a lot to do. So... You don't have to age very fast. I grew up in the village, born in the village, grew up in the village. I didn't see electricity until I was doing my last two years of high school, probably. I didn't put on shoes until I was doing my last two years of high school. And I had some kind of a shoe, which was made out of like a piece of cloth. It's like sneakers, but it wasn't like sneaker. I don't know how to call that kind of shoe. But, you know, I walked on it because I used to walk long distance from home to school. And until my big toe cut through and it was protruding. That's the kind of shoe I put on when I was in high school. But by God's grace, he carried me through. And here I am sharing with you his goodness. I grew up in a family of 12 children, and in 1980, when I was finishing primary school, probably you call elementary school here, this is when we first saw the first AIDS case appearing in my community. AIDS started my community in Uganda, not in the world. I don't know where it started in the world, but in my country, it started from my community where I come from. People died, we didn't know the reason why. People died, and because they used to die wasted, emaciated, bony, skinny, we called the disease slim. There was no explanation why people were dying. And we lived like that for five or so years because our country was under war, nobody was there to do the Epidemiological studies to know what was happening we were dying and dying and dying. Children left behind, everybody crying, homes wiped away, villages wiped away, closing a home and everybody walking away. And that was the day-to-day experience. I remember a time when we had so many deaths. That we sat with my father. And he told us, okay, Fred, for you, you are going to help for the funeral here. He told my mother, for you, you are going here. He told my sister, for you, you are going this way. And he was going the other direction. And that day in my family, we buried four people. That was hard. I was young, but I felt there was something wrong going on. So I went to high school. Started, but just before I finished high school, I accepted the Lord as my personal Savior. And I know what, and do you know what? I'm living today just because of Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. It's just because of Jesus. My buddies I grew up with, they're all gone. Many people. My friends I went with to school, primary school, high school, I count a few. My very sister following me died. I have my other sister on drugs now who is healing and sick. I have my brother, my own blood brother, who is sick. I'm talking about an experience of a life I've been part of and grew up in. In, 1989, in 1987, the Lord called me in a ministry after high school. And we got involved in... A evangelism and church planting and i decided to go back to my village to take the gospel knowing that that was the only solution to bring change and transform my own village where i come from so in 1987 i went back home started doing evangelism and church planting i suspended school trying probably to solve a problem and just being ready to be used by the lord and just being there we served we preached just want to share with you an experience when the marketplace preaching the gospel, and this man came and grabbed my megaphone. I was using. We, had, we were three guys. We had a small drum, not this kind of drum like this one. We had another kind of drum, and um, we were drumming and singing and making chaos in the in the in the market. And this man came and said, "Stop making that noise." He grabbed my megaphone from me, and I I was I felt like he has disarmed me completely. So I gathered some guts and told him, man, you better return back my megaphone. I'm going to pray you dead now. <laughs> and the guy looked at me and he was like, What's what I said, you, you are going to, to fall straight unless you give me back my megaphone. The only tool I had then was my faith wasn't strong enough to box him to wrestle him what I had was the word of God so they like what paul, or the paul brother Peter and so told that man at the temple nothing else we have we give you what we have in the name of Jesus rise up and do what and walk faith just so the man Looked at me, and he handed me back my megaphone. We continued the gospel. He didn't move an inch until we finished ministering. Praise God for that. So we moved on like that in 1989. I went to college. But knowing the background of my community, knowing the background of my village, knowing what we were going through, I purposed to go to a Christian university in Kenya, across the borders, went into Kenya, did my first degree, did my other training, and when I graduated, I went home to take some days off and waiting upon the Lord, Lord, what next? Lord, what next? And in the midst of seeking his guidance, the Lord put it onto my mind that there are people dying. The way they were dying in 1980, they're still dying even when you left in 1989, going to college. 1993, graduated, my people are dying. You better stay. So I chose not to take on any other big job other than to stay and serve. And I wanted to bring forth a Christian response. And that's where I want us to base our meeting this morning. How can we take the Christian response? into a hurting world. And I went in there and I decided to stay in my village to work with my people. The course I did was quite lucrative. I would have gotten a big job. But I decided to stay home. And then we partnered. My cousin brought in some guys from France who were trying to start an AIDS program in Uganda. And they wanted a person like, maybe like me. I didn't know that I was like that. To help them start a a program. And I said yes. Because I knew that was the opportunity for me to serve the people. So we went in. I started designing their program. And I I stuck there. I became their field manager in Uganda. And we started an AIDS program. And in that, I started to see how devastating AIDS was. Probably I was seeing it from the surface. I was managing... um, Doctors and nurses and counselors were doing HIV voluntary testing and, and counseling. And were doing lots of stuff in the community. And when we, we were there doing all this work, it occurred to me and I was like, I need also to search something else. I need to take a Christian response. I don't have to be looked at as an NGO, a non-government organization. I want people to look at me as a Christian going out, and help. So every day after work, I could take a motorcycle or a bicycle or walk to the next house where there's someone dying of AIDS, and I take the gospel of our Lord Jesus. In 1994, I met my pastor, Pastor Peter, and I want to introduce him to you. Unfortunately, I don't have a picture of him right now to put it up, but you get to know him. I believe he'll pass through one day. I met my pastor. I found him in the village, in the bush where I was. My pastor sought me. And by then I was doing, without ascending church then, whatever I was doing, it was myself and my wife, convicted to do something. So my pastor came. The way I met him is mysterious. It's another story. But he drove all the way from Kampala. He came. When he came, we connected. I loved him. He's a great brother in the Lord. And I said, Pastor, will you pastor me and your church be my sending church? But for me, I'm staying here. Then he said, yes, we love you and we'll be praying for you. He blessed me, he ordained me, and he sent me back. And we stayed there. And then I found him also with a passion to help children. And the scripture I want us to focus at this morning before I go into um, much more talk is na- Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Chapter 13, rather, Matthew 19, verse 13. Yes, if you have your pen with you, you can just write it. Then we'll read quickly. Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Our Lord taking a moment for the children. And that was a time, it was a very chaotic time for our Lord. Challenging the Pharisees and the Sadducees, proving a case before them. It was a time of an intellectual kind of discussion. Tell us whether you are the Messiah. Tell us who you are. I mean, chaotic. And the disciples wanted Jesus to answer all these questions. And the children were there being brought. And they were like, don't disturb the master. He's trying to talk to the Sadducees. He's trying to explain every case to the Pharisees. There's no time for you children. Will you please go back and play? Then Jesus, amidst every chaos, he knew that there's something he needs to do to the children. And he said, stop, Sadducees, stop your questions. Pharisees, stop your questions. Everybody stop, but pave way for those little ones to come to me. Pave way, make every way possible for them to come. And I think he changed his tone. Because I believe he never had a piece of cake with the Sadducees. He was always hard, if you read the scriptures pretty well. But this time he was like, wait a minute. He changed his tone. His hands became soft. His eyes opened wide and he let the children come. So in African ministries, ladies ladies and gentlemen, we are taking it from our Lord himself. Let everything stop and bring the children to us. And I want to introduce to our ministry, African ministries. A ministry our past and president formed, a Ugandan ministry, Uganda-based, operating and working in Uganda, run by ourselves, assisted by people like you standing along with us. We've had many opportunities to go. We've gone many places to be a response to the challenges the children are going through. AIDS, abandoned on streets, Let me give you one scenario. For us in Uganda, particularly in the tribe where I come from, when someone dies, a family takes two or so days. Having this person in the house waiting for other relatives to to come. We are an extended family system. So people used to come easily. Oh, the orphans. So they could easily distribute them amongst themselves, take care of them. But where things have reached now is some people have stopped going for funeral just because they don't want to be given more children to take home. So now, the situation is people come for burial. The neighbors come, dig the grave, bury someone. And one by one, people start going away. One by one, people start going away. And the last person leaves... And leave these children on their own, 10-year-old, 14-year-old, seated on the veranda, seeing the back of the last person to leave. These are the children we are talking about. These are the children we are working with. The last person leaves, and they're left on their own. Let me introduce Uganda to you. Probably you better understand what I'm talking about. Our country is... um, Divided in districts. A district is like 300, 500,000 people. These days they've demarcated it a little bit further, probably you have smaller districts than that. And the Lord has taken us into different places in this country. And we've gone along with different churches and groups of people. And I want to thank God before you for our brothers and sisters at Sisters Community Church. And the district I want to introduce you first is the district where we go with Sisters Community Church. And in every district where we go, we are a response to different needs of these children. And Sisters... Okay, where are we? Okay, here we go. We are not so much used to technology in Uganda. Kapchora. Kapchora is a village where we go with the Sisters Community Church. And the children there are displaced because we have cattle wrestlers, guys who feel and think that every cow in Uganda belongs to them. So they come, they wrestle a village, displace people, kill and do whatever they do. So we are there as a response to the children there. We are in this place here, in Mayuge. It's the place where you find the highest concentration of Muslims, polygamous community. And the children there, they need the gospel. They need someone to stand with them. Much as they come from a polygamous home, others are orphaned and abandoned. So we are in that community. You will find our ministry here in Kampala. This is where our church and ministry is based. We have several programs in there going to slums and doing all the work in that place. And because of the challenges we are getting from the slums, we have built children homes where we're having 11 homes and in a home we have about 15 children with a home mother. Our homes are not like, are not run like dormitories. We don't have matrons, we have mothers. Do you get the difference? We do not have matrons, we have mothers so we are working there the, our church is there our ministry is the best there and our homes are right here on lake victoria this is lake victoria the second largest inland lake in the whole world so we are just from the lake and actually our church is the church on the lake when you're in my office if you visit one day when you get tired of working you hang out and you look at the lake no i'm kidding you So we work there, then we work in Mbumbende. we have three projects here. This is one of the districts where poverty is so prevalent, in this district here. And we have three projects there. We have two schools there, and we are being a response to children with poverty. We are in this district in Barara. It's a district where you don't find extreme cases like in other districts where we are working. And I want also to introduce you to Rakai, my village, where I come from. And also the village where AIDS started from. And this is the epicenter of the AIDS and HIV challenges in Uganda. I'm telling you, here along the shores of Lake Victoria, homes, villages are wiped away. We have vast and vast and vast pieces of land. Once habited, now are empty. AIDS can kill. AIDS can be terrible. We are in Igulu, up north, planting churches there. And want to be a response to the children displaced by the war. With By God's grace, the church is there and we are working. We are in so- Soroti. Okay, we are in Soroti here planted a church and want to be a response to the children dip- displaced by the war. What is the total package of our ministry? What are we doing? We are doing child sponsorship through wherever those places have gone. We are doing medical interventions. We are doing relief and distribution of food to those who are hungry. Clothing, food, medical outreaches. We are doing church planting big time. We believe in reaching out to the communities with the gospel. You know, we can do all what we can do minus the gospel. You get it wrong. So we take the gospel first. And our philosophy and method of work is we take the gospel first. The church must be there then we come with child sponsorship. And as I speak, ladies and gentlemen, before you this morning, we are sponsoring over 5,000 children in Uganda by God's grace. <laughs> we invite and encourage churches to come and adopt villages like the way Sisters Community Church did. We, 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 we ask the church, will you come? Yes, we are going to come. This is your village. Do what you can. You may not do it all. Do what you can. Come along with us. And we believe that way. We can make a difference. In Uganda, everything seemed to be going well. But not everything seemed to be going well. Do you get what I'm saying? With children, things are not going well. We are running Christian schools. And I want to share with you our vision and mission mission. Before I give you and I share with you our DVD of one of the programs we are running, our vision is, if you can get it very well, networks of next generation Christian leaders in Africa, modeled and transforming society by applying biblical Principles, networks of next generation leader. We pray and it's our prayer and desire that every child we get will be modeled and developed into the next generation leader. And our mission, what keeps us going every day, is to enhance the holistic development of the child, the church, and the society through support systems. That shall ensure next generation leaders. And the support systems are child sponsorship, medical programs, Christian education, relief and support, and discipleship of our children. Let me invite you to watch a DVD we did with our brothers from Sisters Community Church, adopted from the community they are sponsoring in Eastern Uganda. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Vamos ya, vamos ya.
2: Welcome to Child Sponsorship Kapturwa, Uganda. My name is David Chebate. The sponsorship began in November 2004. We have 234 children sponsored. Waiting on the list are 216 waiting to be sponsored. These children come from a radius of three miles away from the local church. We have a vision for these children, networks of Christian leaders, Model, transforming society, applying biblical principles.
1: This school has helped me a lot. I don't know now English until I can preach the word. When I grow up, I want to be a president. You are.
0: The last two years of this project's existence here in Kapturwa, we have seen tremendous results in our community. We select these children from uh, needy families, uh, and most of them are orphans and children with single parents. We bring these children here at school and raise them holistically. That's in the five aspects of child development academic, physical, health social and spiritual. In fact, the spiritual is the core aspect, and that makes the whole program very unique. The families where the students come from are turning to the church in large numbers, and they all want to associate with this school.
1: program has done great to the children. They have given them school fees, uniform, food and medical care. Without sponsorship, children will be left at home and if they left at home, most of them they end up going to the streets. They end up not uh, behaving well in the community and they find life very hard. So these children Home, they have their sponsor they are really very happy and their future is bright.
2: I just came from seeing Ivy, the sponsor child that my family has been sponsoring. It's just amazing to see their faces and the smiles on their faces and um, how much it affects them to be sponsored, Um, it makes such a difference in their life.
0: class. So disciplined. Uh, she always listens to me when I'm teaching. She's so active. Uh, the way I see Ivy, Ivy is a good girl. I know in future she'll be also a good girl.
2: So we have just arrived at Dr. Boyo's medical office with Ivy, our sponsor child. She was recommended to come and see Dr. Boyo. And he's the main medical doctor here and the one we work with with the church. So we're going to go inside and see. Him. Let Jesus reign,
1: Let Jesus reign, our Lord and Savior. Let Jesus reign, Let Jesus reign, Let Jesus reign.
2: just brought me a box full of gifts and uh, they're very generous it's amazing that they have very little and they bring us gifts because they're so grateful for what um, we're doing in their lives and just to see Ivy's big smile and to pray for her and it's really really good
0: Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity once again to share with you. Thank you so much for being responsive. Thank you so much for coming along with us. The greatest thing we need is prayer. Pray for us always. It is hard, but we are pushing on and going on. Thank you, Pastor, for being gracious to invite us to come. Thank you, leaders of this church. Thank you, everybody. God bless you.
1: Thank you for coming today. I got a couple announcements. Uh, if you're new to the church, uh, we have welcome bags that are be coming in. We'd love for you to take one of those. There's also some leftover donuts, and uh, if you don't eat them, that's fine. I'll take them. Not a big deal. Uh, the most important thing, though, is today we have a connecting lunch at the Mitchell's house, and there's an insert in your uh, bulletin. It has the directions on the back. Pastor Fred's going to be there, and we have food for 50 to 60 people. We'd love for any of you to come, please. Directions on the back, follow them very easy. Please come to that. It starts at 1130 right after this. Another thing is please stay in the theater as long as you want. This is kind of where we hang out afterwards and uh, get to know some people. Thank you for coming. Have a great day.